Welcome to the Growing for Success podcast, powered by The Greenhouse, a diverse group of industry experts aligned to help you grow personally and professionally to the next stage. Let's grow. Hello and welcome back to the Growing for Success podcast. Today you're joined by Preston and Patrick. Patrick is joining us because he is certified in the Six Working Genius and we're going to continue our series here on the Six Working Genius. So Patrick, how are you doing today? Not bad. I'm going to sound like a frog a little bit today because of uh, recovering from a cold here, but uh, we're good overall. Spent last week in Florida, Clearwater Beach with family, so it was excellent. Not too bad. Hey, as long as you don't sound like Kermit the Frog, you'll be all right. So I think <laughs> we'll do just fine, but... Okay, Preston. <laughs> uh, but we're going to jump in again to the Six Working Genius and talk a little bit more about some of the finer details uh, about the Six Working Genius that we have not covered in the previous episodes. But just as a recap from the previous episodes, if you're just joining us in this series, we talked a little bit first about just the overview of the Six Working Genius and how it's so beneficial to really know this as a team or an organization to really know how your individuals work. When you're looking at the Six Working Genius profiles, they kind of go in order from the highest level thinkers, which is kind of in the ideation stage, and then you go to the lowest level, which is, what do you call it again, Patrick? Implementation stage? Implementation, yep. Thinking about like a flight plan. So like if you're thinking of an X, X, Y axis, top left is going to be the wonder, which is the W and the bottom right is going to be the T for tenacity. In the spectrum, when you're looking at that, it's going to be in a kind of a angled view there. And it goes, wonder is the top left. Invention is just to the right of that on, below it. And discernment is going to be below that. Galvanizer, enablement, and tenacity. So those are the six profiles that we talked about in the last episode. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the differences in the strengths, the competencies, and weaknesses in all of them. And uh, that's why I brought Patrick in because he's fantastic at explaining the benefits of knowing each individual section of those. So Patrick, when we talk about what strengths are in the Six Working Genius, everyone wants to know what their strength is because they want to know how they particularly like to work and they want to know things that kind of drive them and motivate them. But what is really, really the, the really important part about knowing what the competencies and the weaknesses are as well? As you look at the six types of working genius, you know, like you mentioned, you know, the altitude analogy is the, you know, that's the, that's the one that always hits home with clients the most around, you know, just how work naturally flows from that 30,000 feet, you know, big idea, wondering about something, down through the invention and then we need to vet it and then we need to get a cheerleader to get everybody riled up around it and then we actually have to do the work. You look at that 30,000 foot down to the ground of how work naturally flows, you know, all of us excel at certain altitudes uh, within this six types of working genius profile and all of us also have weaknesses of where we don't find fulfillment. And the thing I, I want to make sure to point out is, uh, like many assessments, there's nothing good, there's nothing bad, there's nothing mediocre about where one falls. It's just profiling you of where you really love to work and you find fulfillment. And one thing I want to point out too is, because we've had this with clients before too, where they've made mistakes, is how you function or where you may fit in this profile may be very, very different professionally compared to where you may fall personally. Like me, professionally, I am hardcore tenacity enablement. I'm a doer. I love to get stuff across the finish line. Personally, 
I am way more probably toward the top in altitude, more of the wonder, invention, maybe a little bit of discernment. So I'm very, very, uh, very different when you profile me professionally versus personally. But that I really do want to stress that is none of these are good. None of these are bad. None of these are okay. It's just where somebody falls, where they really find fulfillment in their work. When you take the assessment, the six types of working genius, if you haven't done it before, when it spits out the report and all the information for you, it's going to give you three areas. And as Preston mentioned, you have two strengths, okay? Two of the geniuses are going to be strengths of yours, meaning that's where you find a lot of fulfillment. You love doing that kind of stuff. You could do it 80 hours a week and it probably wouldn't bother you. You eat it up, you love it. The other two areas are the competencies and the weaknesses, so starting with kind of the competencies, this is kind of the section in the middle, okay? And everyone's going to have two geniuses that you're going to be competent per se. And these are where, unfortunately, a lot of people professionally fall. And it's why a lot of people professionally are very, very unfulfilled. Because they are not doing the things that they really love and find tremendous fulfillment in doing. Or maybe they're not doing much of it. They're doing the things that they're competent in. They're okay at doing them. Maybe they like doing them a little bit here and there, but they're probably doing them 90% of the time. And if you think about it, anything you're doing for 90% of your time that you only feel okay about, eventually you're going to burn out. And when we actually went through this training, our whole team um, sat in on the training with Pat Lanchoni's group on this working genius model. One of the biggest things they really stressed was if you're looking at your people and wondering why they're getting burnt out, it is that right there. It is because you have them working within a competency large majority of the time and they are not within their strengths. That's kind of that middle section. And then if we go to the weaknesses, you're going to have two final geniuses that kind of fall within this category. Again, want to point out, it does not mean that you are not good at these things because there are people that are extremely good at things within their weaknesses or within their competencies, but they don't want to do them. Uh, we actually, we had a client in a week or two ago that we had put them through this as part of their two-day EOS annual that we brought them through. And we were talking about some of the weaknesses for one of the people and they were like, well, their whole team could not understand the concept of like, dude, you're really, really good at that. And the individual kept saying, yeah, but I hate doing it. And they're like, well, how can you, how can you hate it if you're so good at it? And he goes, well, I don't really care. It's just not something I enjoy doing. It doesn't fulfill me. Like, yeah, I can do it once in a while, but I don't want to be doing it all the time. So that's another thing to point out is this assessment does not measure what you're good at doing. It, it measures where you really find fulfillment. So if you just remember fulfillment, okay? But yeah, the weaknesses are the things that you just, it's like, ugh. Like, this does not tickle by pickle per se. It's not where I want to spend my time professionally or personally, however you're kind of approaching this. And if you have somebody doing the weaknesses, they're going to burn out really, really fast, obviously. Yeah. And that's why it's so vitally important when you're working on a team or in an organization or personally, like you mentioned, everyone wants to know where it fulfillment in. Like they can probably figure that out without taking this assessment. But knowing what those competencies are, are hugely beneficial because if you're good at doing something, but if you do it every day and you go home every day and you're absolutely wiped from doing it, 
it's hard to kind of notice that because you're probably seeing some decent results from the being really good at it, but it's draining you every day that you're doing it as well, right? The other thing to think about is, you know, and we, we ask our clients this all the time as kind of part of this assessment and, and kind of not part of this assessment also, when we're talking, you know, role clarity and responsibilities and stuff is we love to ask the question of how would you spend your ideal day? Like, you know, like you said, Preston, most people know where their strengths lie. They probably have a pretty darn good idea of where their competencies lie and they can for sure tell you, you know, what are their weaknesses, where they do not want to spend their time. Because, you know, I think of myself personally, I could spend a lot of time just, I mean, literally sitting in a cave, just knocking stuff out. But if you ask me to be a cheerleader all the time or sit and just dream up ideas, you know, those are competencies and weaknesses of mine, I would not be fulfilled. Am I good at some of those things? Yeah, once in a while or, you know, situationally. Can I do them? Yeah, and I like to do those things once in a while. But if you ask me to do those things that are in my competencies or weaknesses all the time or large majority of the time, I'm going to be very unfulfilled and I'm going to burn out quickly doing those. Yeah, that's huge to know just for individuals and team members alike. Shifting gears just a little bit, Patrick, can you talk a little bit about maybe some other minute details inside of the six working geniuses that we might not know about yet? Yeah, the other one to really think about is there's kind of two sides of of this model and we call them the responsive versus disruptive sides. So if you look at the model, if you have it in front of you, you know, the widget model, as you go W-I-D-G-E-T, the W, the D, and the E. So if you look at every other genius as you go down, the W, the D, and the E are what we call responsive type geniuses. And what we mean by that is they're responding to some sort of question or an action that has taken place and they're figuring out kind of next steps or they're determining kind of what, what to do from there, all right? So if you think of, if we kind of go one by one, you think of the wonder, you know, there's a situation out in the universe and the response is somebody starts wondering about it. If you think of the I, that's what we call a disruptive one, but somebody comes up with an invention, well, the D then responds to it and says, hmm, let me look at that, those inventions and let me determine what's good, what's viable, what's not good, maybe best path forward, okay? Then as you go to a galvanizer, we have a cheerleader that is disrupting all over the place, hopefully positively, and usually it is positively, but then we have a responsive action from the enablement genius that says, okay, awesome, here's what we gotta do, now let's start doing it. So the W, the D, and the E are known as responsive type geniuses because they are responding to something that has happened. On the other side, the I, the G, and the T are what we refer to as disruptive type geniuses because now they're taking that response and now they're causing some big, hardcore action that starts moving things. So if you look at someone comes, you know, someone is debating an idea, the, that wonder person, well, the invention person says, okay, give me that concept or that problem and I'm going to start actually creating and thinking of some things that we can do around it. So they're starting to cause disruption, whether it's positively or negatively. If you look at the D, the discernment person, you know, they're vetting through the ideas. Once those ideas are vetted through, then work naturally flows to that galvanizer who is a disruptive genius because what they start doing now is they start rallying the troops around that concept. And again, hopefully that's in a positive manner. 
And then the last one, enablement, the enablement genius says, hey, how can I help? You know, so they're responding to that cheerleader um, that was previous in the workflow. Now the tenacity person says, okay, that's awesome. Give me the damn thing. Give me the checklist. Let me crush it. Let me get it across the finish line. Again, your WD, your E, their responsive type uh, geniuses, your I, your G, your T, those are much more disruptive type because they're really hardcore action takers of some kind that are going to um, start to cause something to happen actually within the model. And that's huge to know because those are some minute details that might get lost along the way. But once you kind of understand those while knowing everyone's strengths, competencies, and weaknesses, it's so well known then in your organization, like why things are happening the way they're happening. And you can effectively create teams and know your team a little bit better, which is what we're going to talk about in the next episode here. So stick around for the next episode of the Growing for Success podcast. Again, check out the link in the show notes. going to take you to a link on our website about the six working genius. You can see that widget tool on there. As always, reach out if you have any questions and keep on growing, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Growing for Success podcast, powered by The Greenhouse. Connect with us at growingforsuccess.com and subscribe to the podcast with new episodes every week. Let's grow. Let's grow.